0: This chapter includes adult language. Excerpts from Another Cat's Diary, Chapter 4, Witches, Princes, Kings, and Lords. Welcome back. There's a three-day gap between the last chapter I released and today, Friday's section. Here are some brief notes to catch you up. Tuesday highlights. A read-through of a new, new Bustopher. Second new version so far, and the key is redonkulously low. Kristen, how low can you sing? Me, an A that's useful. I'm hedging that answer by two whole tones, but I'm thinking about previews and opening night and nerves. See, kinky boots, lessons learned. Kristen, do you mind reading through this anyway? Me, not at all. Let's do it. Wednesday highlights, Nick Scandalios addresses the troops because Jillian Lynn addressed the media. Following Nick in one passionate, calm, and beautiful speech, Andy Blankenbuehler goes from Prince Hal to Henry V. He grows in my estimation every day. I withdraw that, in telling a cute my kids anecdote to lighten the mood after the Jillian Downer, Andy accidentally cops to wanting to cut Buster. I knew it. My heart drops. Glimmer of hope for the fat cat? Andy's daughter. Come on, Sophia. I'm putting my faith in you, kid. New line assignments in the ball. Wait. Peter has lines in the Jellicoe ball. Oh, Jesus, I'm Peter in the ball? God, more dancing, says Peter right there in the new music pages. And God, will the terror never end. Texts from friends pouring in all day about Jillian's poison press. Oh, well, we must carry on. Thursday highlights. Lord Weber walks in and speaks with purpose. A purpose. To publicly anoint Andy. Quite right, too. And very well done. As we get ready to run the opening for ALW for the first time, Lily, loaded behind me in the tube, says, apropos of her nerves and my seniority, I suppose, you're used to this. I hope I said something reassuring and polite in response. Inside my brain, I said, running the fucking opening of Cats for fucking Andrew Lloyd Webber? I'm bloody well not used to this. Or maybe I did say that out loud. And now you're caught up a bit, so here we go. Cats. Day 11 of rehearsal, Friday, June 10th, 2016. 50 days to opening. A dream deferred. I'm on the A train headed downtown for the 10 a.m. start of our day. Today is going to be a little longer as we're taking an hour and a half lunch and ending at 6.30. A Friday long lunch usually means some sort of meeting is happening during that time with the creative and production teams, meaning Andy and Ira and others work straight through, cramming in their lunch as they can. The call sheet says, full company all day, dance and some music review. I don't think Andy's going to break out many of these rehearsals from now on, meaning he's going to have everyone in the room all the time, whether they're in the number he's working on right that second or not. It's the most efficient way to operate, really. For a track like mine, that can mean quite a lot of sitting around. As Ira said, Gus is the Franz Liepkin of Cats. But not the Dr. Dillamond of Cats, I thought with a sigh. I fully admit my plan, my fantasy about this job was that I would be in very little of the show. I mean, Bustopher has one number, Gus has two, and they're back to back. As far as I knew from the cast albums, that's all they do in the show. That's right. I, I've never seen Cats. At least not until the night before we started rehearsal. Then I watched the DVD. I'll share my thoughts on that a little later. But back to my dream. My dream was that when I would be on, I would be on. Like, you know, standing on or near zero and in a spotlight on. And the rest of the time, I'd be in my dressing room. My private dressing room. This is my dream, remember? And I'd be doing other very, very important things reading books, writing books, this one, learning to speak Spanish, reinvesting in my ukulele skills, very important things. That dream went up in smoke the minute they typed this at the top of my offer. One, role. Producer hereby agrees to engage actor to perform in the role currently titled, colon, Peter, Gus, Bust for Jones. Peter fucking Peter. Off the A at 42nd Street, dodge the tourists in the station and along the block, flash my ID tag for the guard, and into the elevators at new 42. 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., Studio 7A, full cast. Sans Haynes, and Lewis. Studio 7B, Haynes, Tugger music. Studio 7C, Lewis, Grizabella music. Three rehearsals going at the same time. Second week, and we're full steam ahead. Excerpt Music Lesson Number One Pickup choreography work is the agenda in 7A, so I'm enjoying some coffee and laptop time. But after a while, we're all summoned into Studio B to add the group vocals to Tugger with some changes per ALW notes. Neither Q nor I am in this number, so we're sitting it out. Until Q is no longer sitting it out, he raises his hand some context. Tugger is one of the new charts for this production. Clancy's been going for a big church ending, as in Black Church. And as I've mentioned before, it's a pretty white room. Back to Q, raising his hand. He he hears a note that's missing that, as he said, would be what we do in church. The minute he sings it, I know he's right. The suggestion is not immediately taken. Afterwards, Q asked me, why do you think they didn't want to change that note? I shrugged, but thought, they will, they eventually will, but because the they of cats is particularly Byzantine, it'll take time for the idea to make its way up and down the musical chain of command. Excerpt Music Lesson number 2 Ricky Todd Adams is singing extraordinarily high rock tenor notes during the back end of the Tugger chart. (laughs) It's amazing and really thrilling and really healthy sounding. On the break, I asked him, what are you doing there? Is that a reinforced falsetto or what? What is that? Ricky Todd answers by telling a story, as Ricky Todd is wont to do. And he starts the story pretty much the same way he starts all his stories. Let me tell you, when I was dating... Blank, insert name of any number of women, often Tony-nominated actresses. Don't worry. When the music stopped and there were only two chairs left, Ricky Todd, I'm very happy to report, landed with the best of all possible women. It's just, well, the music played for a while. 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Studio 7A, full cast, sans Louis Excerpt. Waiting for Chrissy Cartwright. The sound of the musical entrance of Old Deuteronomy is glorious. It really is. I'm actually sorry I'm not singing it. And Q coming in at the end is beautiful. I can't imagine that Cats has ever been sung better than this cast is singing it. The talent on both ends of the baton is really astonishing. Once the company ran through it, William, William Waldrop, our wonderful associate music director, turned to Chrissy. William to Chrissy. Do you have anything? Chrissy to William. No. Well, and she gestures to Q, and as William moves on with his notes for the company, I watch Chrissy move over to Q, and the two of them go into a quiet, private confab in the corner. I'm staring. I look away. That's for them. Yours will come. Patience. I hope I have moments with her like that in front of me. Greedily, I've been wanting to corner her and start asking questions about Gus, and Buster for that matter. For information, yes, but also just to get to talk with her. I don't think I watch anyone harder in this room than I watch Chrissy Cartwright. I'm fascinated with her. Of everyone's jobs in this room, and there are a lot of hard and tricky jobs in this room, hers, I think, is the hardest and the trickiest. Certainly the most fraught. But her temperament, so far, gives me no indication that it's a burden whatsoever. That can't possibly be so, but she makes it seem so. I'm sure I'll get my moments with her, but Given the size of the job and the many moving parts, our moments together may be rare. When they come, I'll need to pay quiet, close attention. Quiet, close attention. It is sometimes not my best trick. 3.30 to 6.30 p.m., Studio 7A, full cast, dance and music review. Excerpt. All ball, all afternoon. Q and I are starting to weave together a story for Dute and Gus based on Andy's staging, which basically gets two older actor types upstage and away from the dancer types while they do the real work. While we're there, parked on the tire, Q asks about Gus's trajectory, and we have a brief chat about it. I think Gus is about to drop dead. I think once he's seen for the last time in the story, sending Grizz to the heavyside lair, He goes off by himself and dies, quietly, in a park, far away from the theaters. Maybe. What I don't know is, does he know he's so near the end? No idea. But Q and I like the idea that Gus and Deuteronomy are already in agreement, either tacit or articulated, that Gus is not to be chosen this night. Gus is tired he's done his bit. He's ready for his exit. Editorial note. Yeah, I need to add something here from a journal entry from two days ago, Wednesday, June 8th, so that we're all clear about exactly which cat I am when. So, Wednesday, June 8th. Excerpt. Safe. After some cleaning with Chrissy of the opening in Studio A, while Andy takes folks little by little into B to work on internal bits of the ball, we all come together to stage the Song of the Jellicles, the summoning of the tribe by Deuteronomy to come back, come all. On my first line, and wait for the Jellicle moon to rise, Andy refers to me as Gus. Hold on, I, I thought I was Peter. It says Peter on the last pages of the music that we got. Me. Hey, Andy, just to clarify, who am I in this number? Andy. You're Gus. This is your entrance into the play. Me. Well then, I have to start walking and talking entirely differently. And I strolled back upstage right to make my first geriatric entrance. I was creeping. Frail is one of my three magic words from Trevor, along with wistful and imaginative, but more on that later. Yes, outside I was creeping, but inside I was leaping with joy. I'm Gus, from now until the end of the play, meaning I can't dance. Yay! I enter into the ball on the arm of Jelly Loram, and my love affair with Sarah Ford begins. She and I greet old Deuteronomy. Then I take a safe position up on the tire and watch the dancing until I'm too inspired to sit still, and I rise with the help of Jenny, Annie, Dots, Eloise, Crop, and we all greet the jellical moon. It's my first gust moment on our feet, and now I feel safe. More soon.